Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly, the Director's Cut, where we speak with the women-identified directors who are making the horror movies that we love. Joining me is the always insightful, the brilliant, the one and only Ariel. Hi. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm doing good. How has your weekend been? You know what? It's actually been really fun because we got to play Horror Trivial Pursuit with one of our patrons and some of the other zombie girls. So it was a blast. Yeah, I was wondering if you had the opportunity to watch anyone rise from the ashes to claim a <laughs> glorious victory lately. Oh, I was so close to winning. And then you just swooped in and <laughs> answered like six questions right in a row. So I was annoying. having like the worst game of my life, too. It was so sad. Okay, so context for listeners. We have, it's like you said, it's spooky season. And so we've been doing all these special activities. I mean, we always try to do activities here and there, but we like stepped up our activity games for uh, on the Discord and with patrons. And one of the things was we did a, a game of Horror Trivial Pursuit, yes. which um, I have never played a worse game and won. <laughs> <laughs> it was impressive. <laughs> Because it was like no pie, sorry, no cheese wedges. Then I got like one, and then it was like boom, 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 boom. It was right. wild. It was <laughs> wild. Um, and it felt great. <laughs> yeah, I imagined it. Honestly, we couldn't have let Jody win twice in a row. That's unacceptable. Right? So, right. I had to do it for America. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like way out ahead of us for the longest time. Oh, she, yeah. If she it weren't for the great. like having to land in the middle square exactly. She would have 100% won Probably. like an hour before the game actually <laughs> ended. <laughs> I just got really lucky at the end, and it was, and with, with the questions and also with my roles, where I was just like, I, every color I needed, I landed on it. Every, and then I got the, on the first try, I got into the middle square. Yeah, that was very, very lucky. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we got to uh, get to know one of our newer patrons. So that was really cool, yeah. too. That was great. I hope that if there are people out there that are thinking about joining Patreon or have and haven't joined the Discord, will follow suit and hop on because it's so much fun getting to like hang out and get to know the listeners a little better. Because sometimes yeah. we just feel like we're shouting into the void and finally the void shouted back. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so folks, we have a very, very awesome episode for you today because and Honestly, I'm so excited about this one. We Me got to too. sit down with director uh, Danishka Eskarhazy to talk about her new film, the remake of Slumber Party Massacre, which if you haven't seen it already, you really should. It's on Hulu right now. As this comes out, I think it's been out for a day or two. So you have had time, my friends. And if you haven't, get on it. Um, we're going to talk about Slumber Party Massacre's legacy. We're going to talk about how she modernized it for, a, you know, this classic feminist story for a contemporary audience we're going to talk about that shower scene because <laughs> you know we got to talk about the oh, shower yeah. scene <laughs> in other words this is a really really fun one and i think you guys are going to really enjoy it we are planning on doing a full episode review about this so we're not going to go super super deep into our thoughts prior to this interview but I do think we should take maybe a moment to kind of give our general thoughts so that people have like guidelines in terms of like, should I listen to this first or should I listen or watch the movie first? You know, that kind of thing. Like, is it, should I take the time to watch it? That kind of stuff. So does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, Ariel? yeah absolutely. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So Ariel, why don't, I've been running my mouth 
like you know <laughs> a horatorial pursuit champion does uh-huh. and has earned the right to do with my <laughs> glorious victory but why don't we hear from you for a little bit <laughs> what did you think uh sort of briefly what did you think about slumber party massacre yeah so i honestly didn't have super high hopes going into this because mm. i don't have a great track record with loving remakes but yeah. this one is really good you guys need to watch this movie because it is so much fun. It does this great gender swap thing Mm -hmm. on the original. It is very funny. That shower scene, I was watching by myself and I (laughs) laughed out loud very loudly. (laughs) That took me by surprise and is so funny. But honestly, there are crack ups the whole way through. I loved the way it sort of flipped the script on a lot of the traditional slasher tropes. Mm -hmm. I think if you're somebody who's at all familiar with that genre, you're going to notice the things that were changed and made more interesting in this one. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, it's just got some fun kills. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And some great subtle and some not so subtle nods to the original that are also Uh really uh fun if uh you're a fan of the series. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I would say definitely go watch it. And then really, I think this interview you're really going to enjoy because the director is super interesting. And the things that she had to say were not entirely what I expected. I think she is a really like thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. I think there's a lot of ways that you can remake a classic horror film wrong. Oh, yeah. And only, like, kind of only one way to do it, right? And I think that's to capture the spirit of the original or an aspect of the original, but then definitely put your own spin on it, right? Yeah. And I think that this movie is a perfect example of that. It takes the feminist legacy that we know from Slumber Party Massacre OG and it and the way that it uh, critiqued slasher tropes and kind of made fun of them and sort of criticized them. Um, and I think this does that as well, but with a much more modern lens. That that alone is worth checking it out for. But I think more importantly is that it's also a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, this is a really fun, occasionally really genuinely creepy and super gory movie. Do not let the sci-fi thing fool you. Like you're going to see drills go through things. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can assure <laughs> you there is no shortage of, of drill action. In yeah, don't worry about that part. <laughs> Yeah, this one's an easy one to recommend for me because it's a total crowd pleaser. Yeah, I completely agree. I think most people are going to love this. Awesome. All right. That's enough about us. (laughs) What do you say we get into our conversation with Danishka? Yes. Awesome. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Ariel. How are you both? I am doing great. How are you? Rachel, I love your hair. Thank you. Uh, The feeling is likewise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine started to fade. You know what it's like. You've got to keep it up. And right now it's like here. Let me near the end. The truth is here. Let me. (laughs) We are both huge, huge, huge fans of the movie. I had high expectations. You literally blew them away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) What a fun movie and like what a legacy that to kind of see the new generation of this movie is really, really cool as a horror fan, as a feminist, as a fan of women filmmakers. So my first question for you is obviously between Banana Splits level 16 slumber party massacre like you like the you like the genre i think it's clear uh, oh yes 
what is it about horror for you that keeps drawing you to it? What's about horror that to me? Um, well, I think I love the exploration of sort of the, the juxtaposition between vulnerability and power that is, you know, a theme that we explore so much in horror. You know, we play in horror, you know, we, we play on all of our fears and our weaknesses, you know, um, home invasion or, or, you know, stranger danger or, or actually domestic danger, you know, lots, lots of different um, fears. We, we play upon those, but then we allow um, our heroes, our, our heroines, our final girls to, you know, overcome those fears uh, and to become these fierce warriors uh, in, in facing their fears. So it's that, that double sided exploration of, of the human character that, that really fascinates me. I've never really heard it put that way, but that's so that's, that is kind of getting at something that's like core to my fandom, right? Yeah. Is it validates the fears that I have and allows me to see people like me as heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Really exciting. It is really big. Well, and you know, as, as a, someone growing up as a horror fan, um, you know, there's always been interesting women in horror, but you know, the, the lens they've been shot through um, and the way they've been written is of course always been less than satisfying. So, you know, you cling to those moments, you know, moments of heroism, um, you know, or moments of personality, you know, in horror and you think, ah, you know, these are the things I want as a fan, but, you know, growing up, I always wanted more. I was like, well, I, mean, actually, I want more women and I, I want them to, to not be cardboard characters. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I want them not to be the only person naked in the movie. Yeah, well, I <laughs> succeeded here. Yeah, you got to act doing my best. <laughs> That's great. So can you talk a little bit about the original Sumbler Party Massacre and why you wanted to direct the remake and how you approached making it your own? Oh, sure. Well, I have a lot of uh, love and respect for the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's so hard to work as a as a woman director there's a lot of barriers and not a lot of opportunities and to see, you know, Amy Holden Jones and the other directors break into the horror genre in the eighties is incredible. Um, you know, they kicked the doors down and, and made it possible for the rest of us to come in and make movies. So I have massive gratitude to them. Mm-hmm. And then of course the first film, um, it's just, it's really beautifully made, Like there's incredible pacing and gorgeous composition talking with with actors uh within the set um really really interesting kill sequences to love that's just you know great classic horror so i was thrilled to be invited to be part of that world a great slasher series all written and directed by women and i also felt a responsibility to to take the conversation farther more barriers uh and to to open up the story um you know, even farther. And then hopefully, you know, the next generation will will continue this conversation and we'll just keep making these stories more and more reflective of, of the, the full side of humanity uh, of women in film. Yeah. One of the things that I loved so much about this, and I think you're kind of getting at that, is the way that this movie really subverts a lot of the standard slasher tropes that we've gone accustomed to and really flips it on its head by embracing and kind of celebrating and almost parodying the female gaze. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about why that was important to you. <laughs> yeah, it was so important because, you know, sometimes I think as, as genre fans, 
look, you know, we ourselves make excuses for some of these tropes because, you know, we love the storytelling so much and we love being part of the world. And we're like, okay, yeah, well, so there aren't any naked men, but maybe it's okay because naked women are beautiful. <laughs> you know, we try to find ways to, you know, come to peace with it and, you know, kind of justify it. But I thought, well, you know, let, no, let's actually just show, like, what if the world was upside down? What if all these 80s slasher movies had been made by women for women and they'd made the same film, but it just been you know, exploiting beautiful and what, what would that look like? like? Would that be hilarious? Would it be, sexy? Would it be horrible? Like, we don't know because it's never been done, right? right. So, <laughs> so I thought, yeah, let's just let's recreate those tropes exactly as they would have been, just, you know, upside down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. I mean, I have to say, it was really fun to watch the guys make the dumb mistakes in the movie, <laughs> like tripping and spraining an ankle or them splitting up, the ones we're used to seeing the female characters do. It was mm-hmm. so enjoyable. What were you trying to say about the way horror <laughs> movies have historically treated female characters in those scenes? <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned of the ankle because I love I loved that moment. And I think when I was first putting my cut together, there were you know a few people who watched that scene and they were like, oh, you know, this is you're really stretching belief having that guy just trip on the ground and then no. unable to run away. And I, was like, well, that's the whole point. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, like, but it's something we've seen women do a million times. It's something we, we all know inside and out. That's why I'm doing it. You know, it's, it's meant to be ridiculous. So yeah, it, it was really fun to take those conventions and I mean, and, and how else are you going to show how ridiculous they are? I mean, you, you could you could talk about it forever, um, but the best way to show how ridiculous they are is to just flip them upside down and yeah. show them for what they really are, which is you know silly and illogical um, and desperate <laughs> and kind of sad. <laughs> so, that's great. That's, that. that's the way to have a conversation, <laughs> right? I was saying it reminded me a little bit of like when artists will recreate the Marvel posters but they'll have all of oh, like, Iron with, the, Man with, the guy, with the butt yes yes <laughs> and it, it i was highlight. thinking about that actually you when were? i was making the film i was thinking about those like iron man butts and yeah it's the same <laughs> same technique yeah <laughs> well it works very very well i love that you play with the slasher tropes but then also there's like it's very clear that there is a lot of love and respect for the legacy of the original films and there are like places where there are are great fun homages like for instance the pooling blood when danny is hiding and laying a trap um and also of course Ooh. the guitar the guitar <laughs> i died when i saw the guitar. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about how you balance that like you know making it yours and respecting the old but while kind of telling your own story yeah it was a wonderful it was a challenging balance but so so and and you know i think originally we really were only supposed to talk you know reference slumber party one but how can you make a slumber party movie reference number party two you know it's it's in everybody's mind we couldn't resist so you know suzanne snuck the the guitar into one draft uh suzanne kylie our wonderful screenwriter and like and that was it it was like well once it was there on the page we knew we were gonna do it it was like no take no takey backy so (laughs) it was like we gotta do it um and it was so fun to recreate that but also to try and you know take it in a new direction and, and maybe uh surprise people a little bit so great so great that guitar that guitar it cracked us up so much so um yeah we all ran around holding the guitar (laughs) i I bet that must have been the best selfie prop (laughs) 
Well, actually, I think it was, we had all, I had the Russ Thorn doll on set, so we all took selfies with the Russ Thorn doll, and I think that was one of our favorite things with okay. this little toy drill, and we'd all run around with them. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So in the film, there are several references to toxic masculinity, both in the way that the characters act and then specific lines they deliver. Why do you think that's such an important conversation to be having in the horror genre? Yeah, well, I think that's an important conversation because, you know, it's not just straight up, you know, sexist exploitation Mm -hmm. that's uh, part of the storytelling in these classic films. Um, There's also, you know, the element of gaslighting and, and, and how, you know, the women are treated and dismissed and and not taken seriously, um, that's as, as just as important part of a conversation. And then the other, you know, layer that I, I really wanted to talk about as well with some of the characters was uh, internalized misogyny um, and, the and you know, women betraying other women, which is also a, a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, a feminist filmmaker, you know, I want to tell a story about empowering women, but I also want to give a, you know, a, a clear look at the things that are the obstacles to empowering women and to, Mm -hmm. and to treat those obstacles honestly and with, with, you know, some depth. Um, But, you know, it's a challenge because you don't want to get super preachy. I mean, you want the film to be fun and you want people to understand these issues that you're talking about maybe on a more subconscious level. So some of the dialogue jokes about it, you know, very frankly, uh, you know, the, the toxic masculinity line or, or the line where John calls Dana, you know, a dangerous feminist, um, and we played those up for laughs, but the, the, the more serious explorations of these themes, I think, are are under the surface in in how the characters interact with each other, mm-hmm. and also the the type of sort of archetypes that they put on when they're hiding. Right? They play into those tropes um, in a way that I think is really interesting. And so when you see her like literally shed the one at one point, it's kind of uh, <laughs> I always say that horror is kind of the genre that you can you can give medicine, but it tastes like candy. And I think you've managed to combine that, and then by adding in the humor, you got to even pack in some more. You know, oh, it's disarming, just... and so you can give these messages, and I think they really land. I watched them with a friend, with my partner, and and he was like, "Wow, I never really noticed that. Oh, that's interesting." So I I was it was fun to kind of watch him react and not feel guarded about it at all. Because, like, you found the secret sauce to, like, sneak it in. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm, that's an amazing way to describe horror. I love that. Um, and I am actually happy with how the film is landing. You know, when I put the film together, I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm making this story I'm making. I, th- I think it's very bold and I'm saying some things in a very strong way. It may not be for everyone. You know, some people will just not enjoy this. But when we premiered the film at Fantastic Fest in Austin, um, I was surprised uh, at the breadth of enjoyment. <laughs> uh, I was surprised at how many men found this, the shower scene hilarious, which which I was really gratified because I thought, well, maybe they'll feel really attacked. Maybe they'll feel really defensive mm-hmm. when I start showing them how we feel about these scenes. Yeah. But no, uh, you know, they found it was eye opening and they laughed a lot. So uh, that was that was really a great discovery. Oh, I'm so glad you're getting that kind of reception. That's great. So obviously our podcast focuses specifically on women directors working in the genre or women identified directors working in the genre. And so we're deeply inspired by you. And so we wanted to know, can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you face as a woman director and any advice you have for those who want to break into directing? Yeah, it's, you know, it's very, very hard. Um, I think women directors are constantly underestimated. People don't invest in us. They don't mentor us. Um, 
you just don't have the same opportunities or breaks. So it's, it's, it can be, it can be very, very tough, but it is changing. Um, I have to say like the opportunities I've had at sci-fi um, have been so incredible uh, from the very first time I met Josh Van Hoot uh, after he'd seen level 16 and he, he hired me to direct banana splits. You know, I've gone on and, and made five projects for them um, and felt very, very supported. I, I do feel like doors are opening and there are people out there championing directors now. And I think the responsibility is that we all have to help each other and we all have to give back. So, you know, I'm working on a show right now where um, all the women directors on this television show I'm working at are all women and non-binary. And it was, you know, a commitment made by the showrunners at, at the showrunner level saying that they were going to open those opportunities. And that's, you know, things, something that's really happened in the past. So you see more opportunities happening. You see more women directors helping each other. I feel like we're on the cusp uh, of a new age and opportunity. And what I really want to see next is, you know, studios and networks and producers um, supporting women to go up to the next level budget, you know, giving women big films. Yeah. So my, my fingers are crossed. We'll just keep seeing that happening. Oh, awesome. And we hope they give them to you. Yeah, we really do. We'd <laughs> love to see more. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. This was wonderful. And congratulations on just like a Thank really you. excellent, fun movie. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. All right. So that was our chat with Danishka. And as usual, I think it was fantastic. She's so funny. She clearly understands and loves the horror genre. She gets it in a way that is so important. Like, it's always such a bummer when you see a filmmaker take on the genre we love, but they don't respect it. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's always mm-hmm. a real disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. I watched another uh, <clears throat> highly anticipated horror film of Ooh. a very popular franchise. Oh, weekend. uh-huh. It was pretty, pretty pretty disappointed yeah yeah (laughs) i imagine this next to that was a stark contrast (laughs) i will say it like because i enjoyed this so much and this was so good it helped sort of take the edge off my disappointment and the other one i was like well i don't really need that one because i got this one yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was clear how much she loves horror movies and how much she really cared about the original slumber Mm -hmm. party which again Mm -hmm. is so important and it really came across when we were talking to her yeah absolutely i really hope everybody checks this thing out because i think it is i i I mean i don't know because i I don't I obviously don't have access to the ratings. I'm hoping that this thing was a really big hit. I hope it's getting lots of buzz because I do think it is a ton of fun and you should a perfect perfect Halloween season treat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's so feminine. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I really want her to make more horror movies now because oh, oh, this one's so good. It sounds like she's not going anywhere. She's sticking in the I genre, know. so that's I exciting. Know. Yes. All right, so let's wrap things up. If you enjoyed this, and we hope you did, please feel free to drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. Or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page. If you are enjoying the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your podcasts. If you're looking for something else spooky to watch tonight, check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at Zombie Girls website. And uh, yeah, if you want to floss out with some new gear, check out our our very own merch store at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And if you love us and you want to support us and you want some more of this awesome content, I mean, 
I hope you think it's awesome. Then <laughs> <laughs> you can support us at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls, uh, where you get extended episodes as well as access to our Discord, where you can do all these fun activities. Maybe you can take my crown. The Trivial Pursuit crown could be yours. Yes. But you'll never know if you don't join the Patreon and come hang out with us on Discord. All right. We don't really, I don't know what we have planned next for a more deadly director's cut. We definitely have some exciting things in the works. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have it complete. It's, it's happening. It's move. Things are moving, but we don't have a, a it's not completely solidified yet. So I don't want to quite say what it is till we have it like, completely <laughs> locked in. So in that case, Ariel, take us out. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of More Deadly Director's Cut. We hope you enjoyed this interview with Danishka Esterhazy as much as we enjoyed interviewing her. It was really fantastic. So uh, yeah, otherwise we will catch you next time for hopefully another great interview. Bye guys. Bye everybody. Thanks everybody for listening and to my co-host and good friend Ariel for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Shark.